Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bo coming to you for another edition of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. I come to you from the city of St. Louis, Missouri, uh, where I am on a uh, weird attempt at a vacation, which <laughs> is likely to not actually happen. Um, but, uh, you know, similar to the Dallas Mavericks, who are apparently already on vacation, they just fell to the Minnesota Timberwolves on the road, 111-105. Josh, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. Um, I think this, I kind of had a feeling that, that this was going to be a loss just because the Timberwolves are kind of a weird matchup for the Mavs, despite the fact that I think Kristaps has put up some crazy numbers, but boy, we'll get to Kristaps later, I'm sure. But, uh, I think this felt more of a bummer than some of the previous Mavs losses, considering kind of the state of the team right now, uh, just not a lot to look forward to, I, I don't think. I mean, how are people watching this team? This is <laughs> such unadulterated dog shit of basketball nearly every other night that I don't know what to do with myself. I mean, I I, I was surrounded tonight by, like, you know, my, my wife's family who, you know, and they were, like, you know, confused as to why I was watching this game, and then I have to walk everybody through it. Then I talk about it out loud, and then when you say this sort of stuff out loud, it like doesn't make any fucking sense. So like, you do what for the who? And <laughs> it's it, you know, I, I use that not only to to make you laugh, but because it's true. Because it's like, well, why are we doing this? Like, why are we watching this team? This team plays with the passion of a corpse. Now, some people like that, but I'm not about it. And I'm 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 exo- like. I haven't felt this bored with a, with Dallas Mavericks basketball since the second half of, of Dennis Smith Jr. rookie year. Yeah, that's fair. Because, I mean, what are we supposed to say at this point? Every loss is the exact same. Every loss is the exact same. I mean, they're not very good is the thing. <laughs> It's the same shit you and and I'm I'm really glad it didn't happen against the Hornets because the Mavericks blew the Hornets off the floor. But this sort of like getting out athleted by guys who are simply better athletic players is it, it, just going to happen to Dallas. Like like Dallas has no athletes, like no real athletes. No, especially when Kristaps isn't playing, and especially when uh, Josh Green isn't playing. Uh, they were a very oh hell, Josh Green. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, I'm just saying, uh, he's the only one that gives them like a chance in that department. Sure, I mean, he and, plays his ass off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, this was a really funny game because, like you said, the the Timberwolves just have so much more athleticism, and they can run faster and jump higher. But they also kind of continuously shoot themselves in the foot and make really dumb plays. And the Mavericks kind of kept themselves in this game throughout on just being Mm -hmm. steady. And usually when this game got out of hand was when things got a little sloppy for them. Like, uh, you know, in the second quarter, I think Minnesota went on the run because the Mavs had way too many turnovers. Um, But then in the fourth quarter, it was just, you know, I mean, same thing that happens seemingly every fourth quarter for this team. They couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Uh, they went one of 11 from three in the fourth quarter. They play how many guys played in the fourth that did not make a shot? Three guys, uh, Dwight Powell, Trey Burke, and Sterling Brown combined for about 15 minutes, and they went a combined 0 of 6 from the field. The bench was so, 6 of 23. Yeah, and and that's, you know, with no Bullock and no Green, and I know, you know, there's snickering at Green, but, I mean, he just played the two best games back-to-back in his – young career so like he would have played tonight and he you know maybe he could have kept that streak going but we don't know 
no Bullock. It's kind of crazy that there's no Bullock, and he's probably been their most disappointing three-point shooter, and the Mavericks still couldn't get over 30% despite his poor shooting. Uh, well, I mean, the shots are the terrible. Yeah. They're terrible. Who posted this the other night? Look, I know all you people who really who when I I know all of us who can go to NBA.com can see the open stats chart, but like that doesn't mean shit. The Mavericks are not getting open shots. Every shot that I watched tonight, teams are anticipating their offense. They're so well scouted because they've been doing the same stuff for three years. The only thing that really got the that got teams going really confused tonight was was when Dorian was cutting baseline. Every single corner catch is met by a guy who's nearly already there. Every pass back is met by a guy who's on the second rotation. The Mavericks are so easy to guard. They're not getting open shots. The the advanced data, and again, guys, like I don't want to talk down to anyone because it's not like I'm some basketball savant, but the advanced data says all of the Mavericks shots are bullshit. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know how long we need to like, are oh are they ever going to hit open shots? Like, no, they're not because they're not actually open and they're yeah. being shot by guys who aren't good at shooting. Yeah. And then even the ones, if you want to say they're open, you know, the team, all the team does is shoot jumpers and all jumpers like Brunson and- gets all the way into the teeth of the defense. And because he's six foot one with very little explosive athleticism, he has to pivot back and take a fadeaway jumper. Yeah. And then, you know, if they also don't get a lot of their, they don't get a lot of inside out three point attempts. I mean, I feel like a lot of their three point attempts happen with stuff around the perimeter, like, you know, little quick dribble handoffs. I don't know. The line. Like I thought kinda, Porzingis makes some nice passes, but I know what you yeah. mean. Yeah. I mean, just in general, like the majority of the, like, you know, if you had to split them out, like how many of their three pointers come from pass? from the rim out to the three-point line and how many of them come from just kind of passing the ball around the perimeter. I think that number would probably like that ratio would not be a comfortable number. Uh, And that, you know, that all goes into it. Like, you know, if you're, if you're kind of hot potatoing the ball around the the perimeter, yeah, maybe you get like an open look, but it's like, there's so much that goes into that, you know, like rhythm and mentality and just, you know, the way teams are guarding you. Like uh, it's just, there's so much more nuance, I think into some of these missed shots but then also like i can't blame people for losing like brunson had a <laughs> brunson had a wide open corner three late in the game that he missed uh, i think when the mavericks were down 100 to 97 uh and it and maybe it's like those stick out more and maybe that's why the the stat gets uh carried around because like those op- you know the few open ones they get or or how many however many they get i don't want to get into an argument over it but those probably stick out more right like the ones that there's no guy within five or six feet and they miss you see that and that sticks in your brain so it makes sense to me to think like oh well they're just missing open shots and that's the only thing wrong with no offense. but we've got i mean we've got 29 right. games of data we're this third through is, the season well, i mean more than a third this is yeah. who they are <laughs> this is who they are do you have any do you have any thoughts on new Mavericks general manager Nico Harrison speaking with uh, Mark Folliwell? Because I don't, other than the fact that I wish they wouldn't do that to him. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I think some people got mad 
Uh, I did because I, I want to hear him talk. He doesn't have shit to say. Yeah, I mean, but that's ever you know any GM of a bad team, you know, that's or a disappointing team, I guess to say, like a rebuilding team, a GM might be a little bit more honest about their stature and and what they're trying to do. But you're not going to get Nico Harrison bad mouthing the team on on you know on TV for for the world to hear it. You're not gonna. He's not going to be like, well, you know, you're right. The team kind of sucks, and I'm I'm trying to trade all these guys and et cetera, et cetera. So. Yeah, I just there's you're not getting any you know like don't expect anything like uh, but also don't don't take anything away from it like I, I heard some people that were like man is Nico an idiot like he thinks this team like you know he he, he thinks that there's more time to assess I'm like I don't you know I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt I'm I'm gonna assume that Nico does not think that this team uh, is the team that's gonna be the one that breaks through for the Mavericks. But again, you know, he can't, he can only do so much and he's not going to say it on, on TV next to his broad, you know, the broadcast partner, Mark follow Like there's just no, like, what are you going to do? He, it, it just Don't doesn't make him any in that sense. position. Right. Don't yeah. put him in that position. They're playing against a team. And this just goes to show you the level of awareness that the Mavericks have where they're like, Oh, well it's the, it's the wolves. We'll be able to beat the wolves. no, that isn't what happened. You lost to the Wolves. And so, like, like it became very apparent during that interview whenever freaking Chris Tapps Porzingis, who we'll talk to, wasn't on the floor due to a foot injury. Like, he had to go. And so it's just like, like, don't do this to this man. Give let him have a puff interview if they're if they're you know up up if they're 10 games above 500. Until then, like it doesn't give me any confidence. Like it, it, it gives me no confidence because one, he was whispering like a church mouse. And I'm just like, I know there's probably more to this job. Like Donnie Nelson is such a blowhard that I'm just, I'm used to a boy. And so is Cuban. So I'm like used to boisterism. So it, it, I really probably shouldn't care, but it's just like, I heard it. And it's just like, what is happening? Can, can we not? <laughs> yeah. It was really funny though. You know, talking about like the team needs more time and, you know, giving no, they the typical don't need PR more fucking time. And then Chris Ups leaves the game with a foot injury. Like, I mean, almost immediately as, 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 as soon as that interview was over and I was just like, yeah. man, uh, I don't know. Do you want to get in? I feel like the, do you want to get into Chris Ups now or should we I I want to get into Chris Ups insofar as that it like, so like with him having a foot injury versus how he played in this game, I think are two distinct discussions. So let's talk about how he played in this game and how he played in this game was dog shit. Um, he's, he took all open long jump, like long jumpers. There was very little attempts. Let me just pull this up to make sure I'm not completely talking out of my rear. But I'm watching this game and watching the way that he played. You know, his first three shots were long, were long three or uh, um, like 15 footers or more. So he took, depending on your definition of a rim shot, like 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 or a, a shot within the key, he shot. Mm, I would say one shot within the lane. Everything else was lane or outside. He took one. He was two of nine. Um, all the shots missed badly. The one that went, the two that went down were actually pretty nice. He hit one kind of Tim Duncan-y shot off the glass from the right side, but like on defense, he was bad. Guys just don't care that he's tall. Like this is one of those games where because he wasn't engaged early, everything went sideways for him. Yeah. And then what's really funny though, is, I mean, the game kind of fell apart when he left. I mean, he was still, I know in game plus minus is, is the set, you know, I'm not trying to say, Hey, he was actually good. Like, I don't think he played a good game, but just, you know, he was plus 10 and just the fact that he was able to 
space at the three-point line and he was just another body defensively i know he got scored on at the rim a couple times so he wasn't like a major factor defensively but when he was gone you know that leaves poor maxi kleba as like the guy on the back line and he you know that's just not fair to him you know usually you know the mavericks like the close maybe with Przingis only at the five or with him and maxi together we didn't get to see that lineup too much in the second half and i think that would have even with as poorly as Przingis was playing, I mean, that's still better than the alternative, which is Maxi by himself, more Dwight Powell minutes. Um, and he actually did okay, but, like, not great. Uh, so, like, I, it's really funny because, like, I agree. Like, his game wasn't that good, but also when he left, I felt like that was when the game was over because the Mavericks don't have any type of advantage on offense now. Like, the, the, the Mavericks cheat code for the last three years has been – even when Kristaps Porzingis is giving you absolutely nothing in terms of box score production, him just standing on the floor elevates the rest of his teammates because no other team except, you know, this team that they're playing the wolves and maybe, uh, you know, the, the 76ers with Joel Embiid, but like not a lot of teams can, can pull, you know, their bigs out of the paint, other opposing bigs out of the paint as much as Porzingis does. And that's even when he's not playing well or shooting well. So that's just a, a, an intrinsic advantage built into this Mavericks roster. And you take that away in addition to no Luca, like now, now you just got a bunch of guys to be, to be honest. And they, yeah. and they, and they played, you know, some of them played really hard and Dorian had one of the, his best games of his career. Uh, and Tim put up the points on the unappropriate amount of shots. Like, you know, I mean, I, I'm not trying to say these guys are, are bums or, or it was a bad effort, but it was just like, once you take strip away the advantages built up by Przingis and, you know, Doncic, it's like, what do you have left? And it's, it's not much. Yeah. And, and that the Mavericks, and I wrote this in the recap, like I want to praise Dorian because a lot of people think that we're like really unfair to Dorian and maybe we are, but I think the intent is to be unfair to the expectations the Mavs place on Dorian. And that then blends into people who think that Dorian is a better player than he is. And it's just like Dorian is a replacement level five on a, or uh, not five, like fifth starter on a very good team. And the Mavericks simply aren't good enough. Like they need so much of him every night that when he's not good, it stands out. And that's not fair to him because he's just a dude. He's going to be 30 soon. And it's like, how much more can they expect from him? And I don't really know. And it, it this game would have been a blowout without Dorian. And that's like, that's, monstrously not okay yeah this is the only the second time the mavericks have lost a game where dorian scored 20 or more um this was his eighth game to do it so uh that kind of speaks to you know if he is not supposed to do that you know he's not a guy that gets puts up points unfortunately he's counted on to sometimes be the third or fourth best player on the team and you know at best you know you would hope he's the fifth or sixth best but uh, you know, like he did. And what was really nice about what he did was it wasn't just him getting hot from three, although, you know, he did make three or five, which was nice, but yep. he just did so much off the ball and manipulating the way the Timberwolves were guarding him. Uh, I think the Wolves were like, oh, okay, we're the way we're going to guard this is we're going to overload the strong side. And we know Dorian's going to be open on the weak side, but we're, we would rather these other guys, you know, we'd rather if he beats us fine. We're not going to let, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Brunson, you know, step into easy shots. And when the ball got past swung over to Dorian in the weak side, you know, the Wolves were like, okay, he's going to shoot. A, you know, he wasn't shooting threes. He was 
catching the ball and, and taking hard dribbles and, and cutting and cut, catching the wolves flat-footed because I'm sure they were just expecting him to just kind of stand still in the corner and launch jumpers, and he did mm-hmm. not do that. So he, I mean, he had, I don't know how many dunks he had. He had like three or four dunks. I feel Really like nice my, baseline stuff. Yeah, just, just, it was really good. That was like it was really, good really because good. The, the Wolves clearly had in, had anticipated the player being in the corner, and I right. mentioned that earlier. Like, that's how fucking rote this Dallas offense is, and I just, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm pleased with Dorian. I'm I'm grateful for him for making this at least a semi watchable game, but it's just this team sucks, and I'm just exhausted <laughs> watching them. Like, you know, we talked about Porzingis in the in the short term how he wasn't very good, and and defensively he just you know like you need more from the guy. Like people hate it when we criticize Porzingis, and I'm like I'm sorry, he's not a super special boy. Last year we kicked the shit out of him because he wasn't good enough on defense, and you know what? We were right because he was hurt and he wasn't playing well. Now he's actually played over. He's had a really good season. I'm pleased with how he's playing. But when he doesn't have a good night, I'm going to say it. He didn't have a good night. Now, whatever the hell is wrong with his foot, and I think we have to circle back to it. This <sighs> is why all you clown shows were like, you can't trade Porzingis. Yes, you can. You can. Well, you can not trade anyone who is not Luka Doncic. Full stop. Now you now you probably can't <laughs> trade him, though. Well, now you can't. But yeah. it's, just like, it's like, Jesus Christ, everybody. Like, this stuff is not near as complicated. Like, Everyone has to get used to the fact that like players are going to have highs and lows. Like right now I would send Dorian Finney Smith for whatever the hell you can trade him for. Look at what this guy does from three. Look at what he does as a baseline cutter and a help defender. He's incredible. Give us a first round pick, but you know that, that nobody ever wants to do that because you only want to try to sell your, 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 your slop that, that is playing poorly and try to get first round picks back. Like, I'm sorry, guys. The Mavericks have screwed the pooch for several years. Josh and I were right the entire time, and this is where we are. A middling team at a 500 basketball level. Yeah. Um, It's just 29 games in, one game under 500, ninth place in the West, and Kristaps has another lower leg injury. Like, it's just, I mean, the yeah, it stinks. The only bright side is, you know, it's very obvious that they are holding Luca out until he's a hundred percent. Otherwise, he, you would think he probably would have played tonight. So it's obvious that they're going to let that ankle heal up as long as he needs it to heal up, and maybe get some some better conditioning, get some work in. The conditioning was what um, I was going to ask you about because it made yeah. it sound like that that interview made it sound like that he's, you know, going on some long jogs. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know what it's going to be like now that Kristaps is out. I don't know if they they need to you know pull the parachute on on whatever they had planned but the bright side if you want to try to find a bright side is that is that when they bring back luca we should be seeing a a much better version of luca than what we had to see the last couple games before he went out um the other teams around them in the standings are not any more reliable than this mavericks team i mean if you if you expect um the timberwolves and uh the lakers you know, and the Kawhi-less Clippers to just, you know, I don't think you can expect those teams to consistently play winning basketball from here to the end of the season. Um, and the Nuggets, who are completely torn up with injuries, and those injuries, like, aren't getting better anytime soon. Um, but, all you know, Jokic is playing out of his mind. But still, like, it's not, it's not like if they were 14 and 15, like, last season or the season before, they would be toast at this point. But for mm-hmm. some reason, they decided to have one of their worst seasons 
uh, since Luke has been here. Well, they're not even with dealing one of with the... the real shit of this season. Should we should we end on that? Sure. Like everyone else in the league is dealing with COVID protocols. The Mavs have Luka Doncic dealing with an ankle injury in a case of meatballitis, and they have two guys in COVID protocols, which could be more really quickly based off of how this 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 sort of thing is happening. And the Mavericks have not been dealing with that. Like they're one of like 10 teams that have not had to deal with COVID player shortages and they're still losing. That's kind of the thing that I can't get past. So it's just like, this could be a lot worse. And depending on the way, you know, the, the way that the, the current protocols read, it could be ugly soon. And I mean, as Josh just, just uh, shared with us in the group group chat, um, Sham Sharania notes that the Mavericks are signing f- former New York Knicks Theo Pinson to to a COVID hard, hardship exception. I think it has to be the reason they're not dealing with Carlick is because Carlick Jones of um, the Texas Legends has an ankle injury, but it's just like, like, huh? Oh, okay, that makes sense. Because I was like, yeah. holy lord, how are, you, how are you not signing him? It has to be the ankle injury, and it's like, because, I mean, that guy was on fire. Like, just... I mean, he's he's better. Like, he's better than Trey Burke right now. Like, <laughs> he, was one, he was one of. The, I mean, he has. He was one of their better uh, preseason performers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people were clamoring for him to be the second two way guy, but you know, that's not how it works sometimes. But I mean, this just this has a real. I don't know how to be like. I don't want to be this guy because I like. I I really do. I don't want to be right, but when people yell at us and yell at me all the time and tell us how wrong we are, I do take some kind of gross satisfaction in being like, yeah, and as these things happen, this could get really ugly for Dallas. Yeah, and the schedule is not getting any better. You're playing the same Wolves team on Tuesday, and presumably you're not going to have Przingis for the entire 48 minutes uh, as opposed to getting him for like a half. Mm -hmm. So... Maybe Luca comes back. Uh, I think they're aiming for Luca back for Christmas because they don't want to have him miss that game. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, does it change now that there's no Kristaps too? Like, do they are they kind of like, well, we can't, you know, because this the the schedule is not getting getting any better. I mean, they play what they play the Wolves next. Um, sorry, I'm doing it on the That's fly. Right. They play the Wolves on Tuesday. They play Milwaukee on thursday and then they play utah on christmas day i mean presume like i presume it's hard for nba teams to to win back-to-back games uh so you know i'm gonna give the mavericks the benefit of the doubt and assume that they beat minnesota on tuesday but then milwaukee utah i mean that's probably two two losses (laughs) and they're right back to a a game what a game or, or two uh two games under 500 like I just don't see the schedule is not opening up to them. I mean, Portland, Sacramento twice. I mean, the weird thing is trying to look at these games is I'm tr- I'm almost looking at like, oh, Sacramento twice, you know, that should be two wins. But like the Mavericks aren't a good team right now. So you have you, it like looking at the schedule is very difficult to just pencil in wins when they're one of the teams that are on the other end of it are looking at the Mavericks on the schedule and they're penciling in wins uh, with the way they're playing right now. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's weird. This was a, like, I think that I really think the Kristaps injury really puts a like a downer on this game because I think if he finished out the game, I think well, we don't know what it is yet, game. right? It's it's a right foot injury. 
I think foot sword. I think there was some soreness. I don't remember what it is. And exactly. I'll just tell you this, folks. Feet injuries, the further you go down away from the core, <laughs> yeah. the further away it is, the worse it, it, it tends to be. Because with blood circulation, there's just not a lot of shit you can do with feet. Like Zion Williamson had a foot injection last week. Let me tell you, not great. So we can hope for the best. We can hope it's an ankle or something, but like foot injury is generally frowned upon is what I'll say. Those are usually not the quick turnaround injuries. Uh, although Jalen Brunson proved us wrong a little, you know, his wasn't too bad. Let's so hope. that's what you have to hope for. But yeah, the Mavericks officially called it right foot soreness. So uh, we'll, we'll see what that turns into. Wee. Uh, <laughs> but if they don't have Krista, I, if they don't have Kristaps and they don't have Luca, um, I, I don't know. It could get it could get real dark uh, in the next week because this Minnesota team is is weird, but they're athletic as hell and they kind of go on spurts. Um, I wouldn't be so they're not easy. They're not an easy team to play against. And then Milwaukee, Utah, um, like it could be a could be a downer week if the Mavericks can't get their things in in order. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Well, this is it from Josh and Kirk. Um, by the time you are, you know, if you're one of our really loyal fans, my favorite thing is like, if I can't sleep, I'll like check our downloads at like two 30 in the morning. And there's always like 200 people who have already listened or downloaded the podcast. And my first thought is what is wrong with you? My second thought is thank you. Um, so if you're one of our crazy people who listen to this overnight, uh, be sure to check the site in the morning. We're going to have an, uh, a pretty complex CBA explainer from um, uh, CBA Mavs, one of the guys on Twitter who really, really love delving into like the details, the contractual stuff that can talks about what the Mavs can and can't do. Um, then we'll post, you know, we have another game against the Wolves. So we'll be right back at this. You got anything mm-hmm. else before we get out of here? No, you doing a green room tonight? Cause it's probably going to be, uh, it's going to be, that'll be an adventure tonight. I, I, I can only imagine what the, the state of Mavs fans' minds are. Oh, it's great. I mean, it's great. Like, like <laughs> you know, like the further we get away from Cuban's asinine, like Twitter is bad problems. Like when you de- like dip down into the weirder parts of social media, which yes, is Facebook and is sometimes um, Reddit. Like people aren't going to be happy about this. Like this is there's just no way around this. Like it's it, it's we're just nobody's in a good place. And at a certain point, that's okay. But what no one wants to hear is that they you know is that, no, you were wrong about feeling unhappy about this team. It's just, you know, at a certain point, the Mavericks are going to have to, you know, kind of come to the table and say, this wasn't what we expected. And it's okay to make mistakes. I'm much more accepting of mistakes than I am the constant deluge of, no, this was actually fine, and here's why you're actually, you know, like basically being gaslit. Like, that's what drives me crazy from the Mavericks. So, yeah, same here. Well, Things might get worse before they get better, though, this season. I'll just say that. It's a cheerful note going on. (laughs) All right. Well, Kirk and Josh will be back on Tuesday. We'll be back on Thursday. We might be back on Saturday as well. We'll be talking enough. We'll see. It's the holidays. We're going to try to work this out. But remember, all of us do this for some level of fun. And at a certain point, this isn't being very fun. Josh and Kirk, Mavs Moneyball After Dark. And we will talk to you later in the week.